0: Amazing episode of retro As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And I hope you guys have been so excited after our last episode, and we said we're going to have an all-male episode because we're doing it. We're going to do nothing but answer all your questions. However, we are going to start the show as we always do, talking about the things we've been playing since our last show. Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? I, oh, man. The, the, the same. The same. Zelda. <laughs> A lot of
1: Zelda A lot of Street Fighter 6. God help me, still knee-deep. Fallout 76. I did take a little break. Um, Yes, even from Zelda, because I I know the way I've been pouring time into it, I'm going to burn out. As wonderful a game it is, and it happened with Breath of the Wild, I I burned out. I put so much time into it. I I, kind of got on Game Pass, and I hadn't been on there in a minute. I learned they had... About a dozen or so games since then, uh, and I just kind of looked for games that were a little bit on the shorter side, just some something I could play, beginning to end, and and get back into my usual games, kind of refresh. I pick up that Bramble, and it is it's it's a very unique game. I, I like the art style of it to begin with, and yeah, it I it was not what I thought it was going to be. It looked kind of a Little whimsical kind of thing. I I wasn't exactly thinking like a, a, a kitty type game, but it did have like this little kind of fairy tale aspect to it. It turns out it was a fucking dark fairy tale. It's it's dark as hell. This game is downright bleak, uh, which I I did not see coming, uh, but really enjoyed it. Uh, played through it. I, I downloaded it last night. Finished it earlier today. It's about a about three four hour jaunt. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's that's a great one on Game Pass if you just want to knock something out. Uh, but now it's, it's, it's right back to it, back to the grindstone.
0: Well, I've also been playing some Street Fighter VI. I've done some online matches. I feel mm-hmm. a little better than I did before. I'm still not very good. I cannot close a match to save my life. I don't know what's wrong. Like, I'll have a great first round and then... Uh, and okay second round, In the third round, I'll get the opponents down to where I literally could just breathe on them and fall over and have almost full health bar, and I lose every damn time. I'm not good at it, but that's okay. I'm still having fun. Uh, I've also been playing a uh, the Dark Souls uh, group play we're doing on our Discord, uh, which Ooh. we're now finished. The we're in the Lower Berg. I just finished off the Copper Demon, and now I'm headed Ooh. down to. Uh, to fight the the dragon in the basement on the way to the lower bergs. So I'll be going, I'll be playing more of that, but I uh, pl- talked a lot about dark souls in general since the start of this podcast. So I don't need to get into that a lot more. Uh, we're just playing as a group. So it's fun. Also castle crashers finishing off. Cause I- I'm recording an episode on that with the other guys I've been playing with for a bonus show that should be out this month. So that's been fun. But the other thing I finally did, and I know it's been out for about a week, but I finally downloaded and played all of the Pikmin four demo. Uh, Pikmin yeah. is my favorite Nintendo series. I talked a lot about it in our Pikmin bonus episode. We did, uh, I have to say, at first I was a little concerned. The 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 demo starts with kind of the intro to teach you how to use the new mechanic for the game, which is that you have this dog character that's with you named Ochi. Mm. Um, which is fine. I was I I was fine with the dog edition character. Um, but the first level, it's totally different than what I was used to in the game. You're you're the game's teaching you how to play, but it's giving you all the Pikmin and it's having you like Go through a house and all this other stuff that's not anything like Pikmin, so I got very nervous, but as soon as that intro's over, it switches to things you're a little more familiar with, and you get to design your own uh, space astronaut that's supposed to, you know, save the day and save everybody else, so that's pretty cool, Uh, the demo lets you play through the first, like, two days or so, depending on how fast you are, Uh, well worth it, I'm very excited for Pikmin 4, well more excited than I was Uh, about the new zelda which i have not put any more time into i i've gotten off the intro area and i have not played any more but i will play more i just have not had time i've been so busy playing street fighter 6 but i'll get back to it but yeah pikmin 4 hits uh right before i go on vacation to maine so i'm literally going to maine with nothing but pikmin 4 and i cannot wait but jeremy what have you been playing since our last show uh
2: i've still been playing a lot of diablo but i also started final fantasy 16 and hmm. I haven't had too much time to really get into it. I'm, I'm just like a like three or four hours into it. So far, it seems really good. I mean, it's it's gonna be pretty divisive as far as what you expect out of a Final Fantasy game. But you know, the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake was pretty much exactly what I want out of a, a RPG these days, which is more more character actiony kind of thing. You know, I'm I still enjoy the old school kind of RPG stuff, but, you know, I I like things to be moving. And, you know, if, if that is making these games just kind of turn into an action game, then I'm I'm for it. Like, this one's a bit more than, than Final Fantasy VII Remake so far as far as, like, the action goes. Like, this is just straight up an action game. Like a hack-and-slash action game. There's no pausing to switch between teammates that I have seen so far. It may be in there, but I don't know. But what I've done so far has literally just been me running forward and and chopping up some goblins and whatever else is there. Like there's some other stuff, you know, like the big econ battles where you're like the big, you know, like uh, Titan and stuff like that. All that stuff looks really cool, um, but we'll see how it actually plays out. So overall, like it's it's impressive so far and it's up my alley as as far as like what I would want out of an RPG these days but yeah i can i can see a lot of people just being like what the hell is this you know it's it's been going like this for a while now like you know final fantasy 15 was fairly actiony and now we got final fantasy 7 remake we got mm-hmm. this like this is kind of what it's going to be it's mostly just an action game with rpg elements thrown in and, and there you go so uh, i'm fine with it but yeah i i would definitely you know check check out the demo i think you get a decent little chunk of the game that that gives you an idea as to what's going on with it but we'll we'll see we'll see how it keeps going
0: you know, someday i'll get a ps5 and then i'll talk about it for months at a time probably in 2027 but until then uh, i will continue to play the other games i've been playing or probably final fantasy 13 again that's the way i go uh, but now is the time we've been we've been advertising everyone's been waiting for it it's time for our second annual all-mail episode the all male review <laughs>
2: All right, boys, I hope you're ready. I'm ready for some ass. Looped up and ready. I've got Ooh. all the ass you need in the Ooh. form of questions submitted via our website on <laughs> retrovania.net. <laughs> if you scroll all the way down there, you can throw your ass everywhere and submit it through the internet. And I'm going to read it right now. We're going to start off with Billy's Rod, and he's
1: oh, just wanting man. to talk
2: about stalactites. This this is fitting in with the all male review theme. Yep, I have an important wait. I have an important geological question for you gents. Which game has the worst falling stalactites? Keep on keeping on. Ooh, that's in every tough. game just about. Yeah,
1: in video, it is not one of those. Jesus. Ooh. Cause, I mean, uh, are we talking, like, literal, they have to be literal, slack tights, or just kind of that theme? Because, I mean, Castlevania, you yeah, had, well, you're, you're, you're fucking falling chandeliers every now and then.
2: Ah. Uh, I remember... I would say anything that looks like a, sl- you know, like, the yeah. ice, you know, those, those things right. that fall down and hit you, like, I, I'd count those.
1: I want to say, fucking, if I recall correct, two games come to mind. I remember Double Dragon.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Fucking terrible ones, and I I recall that they 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 put a hurting on you, and and I remember it being and maybe it's just because of the age I played it. I don't know if I went through now if I fare better. I remember them being damn near unavoidable. Uh, that that's that's one that comes to mind. I want to say Aladdin had some pretty damn bad ones too, but Dragon, um, the Double Dragon, are are the ones I can I can recall.
0: Yeah, the original the, NES Double Dragon had that, yes. 100%. There, were, there was a couple sections, yeah. and also the, the, the forced platforming sections. Uh, instant game yes. killer. Uh, yes, the, the select cuts I, were bad. I will
1: say, while I remember that one, and if I remember that one clearly, then, then it was the worst for me. But it's never good. Like, I, it, it, I've never seen it, and I'm like, mm, you know, that, that's done well, or, oh, that seems fair. Uh, it always just it drags the gameplay down every time because you've got to do that little just tap the D-pad, keep tapping, keep inching till you trigger it and then back away. It, it's, it's always just a I, I always found things like that just slowed the game completely down. But, yeah, that that's the one that that really stands out to me.
0: I'm sure there's other games that are worse than this, but because it's a game I play all the time and I absolutely love this game, but. Uh, But at the same time, even though I've played it a million times, this still hits me sometimes. Uh, Goonies 2 for the NES. Uh, When you're on the ice levels, there are stalactites that fall. And because you're on an ice level, you're already flying around like a jerk. And then yeah. these, these stalactites fall down on top of you. You only have a handful of, of, of health points. You can't just, like, take 100 hits. So uh, once you get the, the helmet, if you can punch the old lady in the face and get the helmet, uh, you, you can avoid those. Uh, they do not matter if it hurts you anymore. But until you have that, uh, when you first get to that section the first time, you're already trying to figure out how to deal with the ice. And all of a sudden, uh, not only do you have to deal with sliding on the ice and platforming, you have to also dodge these stalactites while you're doing it. It's very, very difficult. That's the one that comes to mind only because I've played Goonies 2 about 2 million times.
2: I don't have any particular game, but I'm just going to go in general and say any game that has a boss that hits the ground and the stalactites oh. <laughs> fall from the ceiling in like a certain pattern. Hmm. And the more you hit, you know, the, the more you hit them and the more they get down in life or whatever, it, the stalactites keep falling faster and that I can't stand that shit. We have played a ton of games on this podcast that, that have just, you know, falling stalactites and, and stuff yes. like that. It's it was easy to program, you know, it's an easy environmental hazard to put into a game, so I can't blame developers for throwing it in, especially, you know, if you need a cave level, mm-hmm. what are you going to put in it? You know, you got to put some rocks that fall from the ceiling, and mm-hmm. there you go. It's it's pretty much built into the level. You don't have to be very imaginative. But yeah, those bosses that do that stuff, God, that is, that's something that has haunted me ever since I started playing games, so... <laughs> Yeah, thanks for writing in, Billy's Weiner. Uh, we're gonna go next to Life of Regrets, and he's talking about the Turbo Happy Fun Time graphics. Yes, been, listen- been listening to your podcast, but ugh, let me take my glasses off here. I can't, can't read.
1: Oh man, we got some classic old mo- old man moves being pulled in <laughs> That's 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 how we got to do things these days. While you do that, right. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my bowl of Werther's
2: original right <laughs> <out. laughs> G- Give me one when you unwrap one. <laughs> Been listening to your podcast main episodes for several months now and finally reached the 2022 episodes. Almost caught up. Better than the other podcast shows that I've tried out. Thanks. For former, mm-hmm. former TurboGrafx Turbo Duo fan and owner here, I know Jeremy P is also a fair fair uh, fellow turbo fan. Right on. Would love to hear you guys cover some more Turbo games. I was mm. glad to hear you cover a handful like Airzonk, Bonk's Adventure, Keith Courage, Military Madness, and Splatterhouse, and at least mention the PC Engine, Batman, and Dracula X games. Mm. But there's many more games available on there that haven't been covered yet. Would love to hear you guys jive on others like Bloody Wolf, Blazing, Lager, Blazing Lasers, Ninja Spirit, Newtopia, Newtopia 2, Ease 1 and 2 and 3, Kadesh, Parasol Stars, Gate of Thunder, Lords of Thunder, Legendary X, and the list goes on. I think you actually just mentioned every game on the Turbo Graphics. <laughs> I do have All a laundry. question though. <laughs> I don't recall hearing anyone mention it, but did any of you fine fellows pick up the Turbo Graphics Mini when it was available? What did you think? I managed to get one and enjoy it, but it's missing a lot of the games I previously owned and enjoyed. I'm disappointed no one has come up with an official, comprehensive hack to easily enjoy or easily add more games. Also wondering if anyone's planning to purchase the analog dual pocket, the TurboGrafx Duo clone systems available for pre-order this month, which is May 2023, when he sent this in. (laughs) So this is how old these letters are. (laughs) Take care and keep on keeping it retro. I'm actually
0: pretty impressed that we're within two months of mail. I mean, that's that's pretty good. That's yeah. a great job. Okay. Uh, hopefully we get a little more caught up today. Um, I will speak for it only because I'm the Turbo guy, and I do want uh, mm-hmm. I, I would cover lots more Turbo games. Actually, we did cover Legendary Axe on a bonus episode. Uh, Ninja Spirits, one that I've got in the queue for some point because I think these guys would actually like it. Uh, Newtopia, if you guys are unfamiliar, Newtopia one and two are basically I remember when we covered Golden Axe Warrior and it was like, man, this is just exactly like they just copied Legend of Zelda and mm-hmm. put it on the the the, the Master System. Uh, Newtopia yes. is the Turbo Graphics version of that concept. I love oh. those games, but they are uh, very very similar to the original Legend of Zelda with nicer graphics. I I would cover those at some point, Uh, but if you like Zelda, you'd like that. I can't imagine not enjoying it for that sake. Um... You know, we just covered, uh, what, Crater Maze? We've done, I think, mm-hmm. I- at least one other one uh, since the last time you would have listened in 2022. So we are slowly doing them. Um, but as this is not a turbo Graphics cast, and they get, these guys would quit if it was, uh, we have so many other systems to cover, including going back to cover older systems like the 2600 and possibly the ColecoVision on an upcoming episode. So we will get more in, but there are lots of games for lots of systems. So we we will try to keep it, uh, you know, keep it, uh, we'll try to mix it up. We'll have more Turbo Graphics, but we have other systems to cover as well and And as far as the mini
1: goes, i had thought about it i didn't end up going through with it never saw it uh, I, was it an amazon yes only yeah uh, i just i you know i had looked at it a few times and when when the time came, i just never fell through on it um and you know as as, as far as the as far as the handheld that it has, I, I guess as the helped pin released. Um, no, I, I it's not something I've really looked into. Uh, like I said, um, I when I see a lineup of TurboGrafx games, I mean, I there's not a lot of memories to come up. Uh, there, there's not a lot of nostalgia there. Uh, it's it's kind of reviewing the the TurboGrafx games on here has uh, gotten a lot better, but it was a big it's, it was a big old mixed bag for me. Several times, so it's 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 something that I am I'm slowly dipping my toes into, uh, but I, I don't know if I'm enough of a Turbo Graphics guy to to kind of come down on something like that. Quite,
2: I I did not ever see the Turbo Graphics like on sale at Amazon. I kind of watched for it, and uh, so it just it escaped me, and I wasn't looking that hard at it anyway. I thought it would be a neat thing to kind of add to the other mini systems that I mm. have. Because I was half assed collecting them there for a minute, but I just never saw it. And recently, I did see it at a local disc replay, which Whoa. is one of our little you know used video game DVD stores. And sometimes they get weird shit in. And somebody had actually sent or sold them a one of those Turbo Graphics minis, and they had priced it for two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> so Jesus. I will not be purchasing that. And uh, as for the analog, that looks neat. Like that's one. If you want to get me to buy a Turbo Graphics, like that actually looks pretty legit. I've always actually wanted to own one of those analog systems, especially like the Super NES one. But I just, it's five hundred fucking dollars. But mm-hmm. you know, it's and usually they're sold out before the pre-order even goes up. Like you got to catch them really quick. And the aftermarket for those things, you would just forget about it. But yeah, that that Turbo analog thing looks fucking sweet. I would I would buy the hell out of that thing if it was within a price range that I would consider for a turbo graphics system.
0: I didn't uh, buy a turbo graphics mini either. And I should have. I had it in like I did see it on Amazon and I was gonna get it like pre-order it and get it in there. And uh unfortunately when you pre-order things on Amazon, uh your wife can see that you've pre-ordered it. And so <laughs> she asked me why I was paying a hundred dollars for this this system. And at the time, uh I, I may not have had a job. So I was, <laughs> it was very easy to convince me to hold off on that purchase. And foolishly, I thought, just like the Genesis Mini, that uh, we'd be all over the place, and I would be able to find it later. Uh, no. As Jeremy said, if you find them anywhere aftermarket, they've gone way up in price. Um, we've definitely found other ways to play these games and have the games we want to play. I don't say I recommend that necessarily, but it's something we have to do. I also still have my original Turbo Graphics, but it's uh, so getting some of those games is also very, very pricey. So... Um, I would love to get a mini at some point, but I'm not paying $250, 300 for it. I'll eventually find one, I'm sure. But for now, I will live uh, via other means.
2: Yeah, thanks for writing in Life of Regrets. We'll see about doing some more turbo Graphics games. I, I don't mm-hmm. think we'll have to bend Jeremy's arm too much to do that. Mm-hmm. Next up comes from Post Almond Clarity, and he's writing in to ask us if we can count. What game uh, franchise has the worst, most confusing numbering system? Kingdom Hearts.
1: Yeah, that, that, it's that's the end, is not it? Um, I, Jesus, was that the, was that the end of the question?
2: I, yeah, that was it. But I that I was mean, my that answer. answer was, I mean, there is no other answer than that.
1: No, it's it's pretty all encompassing. Um, I, I don't I don't know if um, I guess honorable because that's it for me too. Um, I because and I played one two and three and I you know I was like oh those are the main games I, I don't fucking... I'm so confused um, I, I have tried to play through that series before it's I've got mixed opinions on it but yeah if you laid those things in front of me and said pick pick what order these pick the order these come in I don't think I could do it and that that does not bode well like anytime I have to get on Wikipedia and look up the the order of release, of games in a series. It's pretty bad. Uh, I, I guess a little honorable mention for those, uh, and not so much that they were sequels as just, it, it got a little confusing where the, uh, those, the Game Boy Advance, when they kept putting out the Mario games,
0: yeah, you're
1: know, like Super Mario <laughs> Advance, but it was like, here's Super Mario Advance one, Super Mario three, here's Super Mario Advance two. Uh, and, and it would just be a different Mario game. So it was just, it was really hard, uh, to, to, you know, you say, oh, let's I'm pick up a Sigmar Advance. Well, it's like, wow, what the fuck's on? Like it's it's that was an honorable mention thing, uh, as to where not only did you have to state the title, but also the game that it was within it. Uh so that, that was a little confusing there. But yes, as far as just pure games released with a confusing ass system of, of, of numbering. That was it. Like, as soon as you're reading that, that's, that's what came to mind for me as well. Uh,
0: as, as I don't like the Kingdom Hearts series, I, to me, I haven't given it a fair chance. But I didn't even think about Kingdom Hearts. For me, it is uh, honestly just the entire Xbox series names. Uh, I just Jesus. got an Xbox Series X and I, S and I had to ask several times to make sure I was getting a current system. Because I, I don't mm-hmm. know why it's so impossible for me to keep mm-hmm. track of. But they do name them very badly. Uh, for games, I don't think number-wise I can think of anything. But uh, timeline-wise, uh, when you mentioned Wikipedia, that reminded me of uh, Metal Gear. Not a hard series no. to, to figure out which games are where, but then when you actually try to put the timeline together, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. damn it. Mm-hmm. When, especially when you add in the, the Vita releases and the, the, the PSP releases and where the other things all fit in. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not rocket science, but you definitely, like, if you just play them in order, you're going to be like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on with, <laughs> with these timelines. Yeah. you got to oh, look yeah. it up and see where it all fits together. But, uh, but that's the closest thing I've got. I guess Kingdom Hearts is a better name, though, uh, because
2: those are crazy names. I don't think it really got. It, it, it's not been really bad recently, but like back in the day when it was like a lot of those Japanese games released, in, you know, in the East, but never came. The first one never came here, but then the second mm. one came out there, and then it was here. I mean, Final Fantasy, uh, you know, we—that's uh, an example. Secret of Mana, yeah. that happened. You know, it's it's little things like that that was confusing for when you figured out It was like, Oh wait, this isn't actually the first game. We just never got the first game, <laughs> but yeah, stuff like that. I, as far as like stuff that's just confusing, like if I have to look up a Wikipedia article to know which one that I need to play first in a series, uh, that trophy would probably go to Yakuza like mm. those things. I, I can't, I don't know where to start. And there's like a Yakuza Zero, yep. or Yakuza Zero, or whatever, and and everybody's like, no, that's not the first one. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, just uh, give me one that I can start with. And and now I've got like this, you know, kind of weird list that I'm making out to figure out which one I, I should start playing first. So that that's that's the biggest problem that I've got with that shit nowadays. But yeah, Kingdom Hearts is just a big pile of shit with its naming. That's I bought the, the whole collection of that one time. Mm-hmm. It was on sale on, like, the PS4, and I just mm-hmm. sat there. I, like, I played the first one, and I'm pretty sure I know which one 2 is. But after that, I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. But, because they've got, like, you know, they actually add in, like, the Game Boy Advance versions and stuff, and, and the, whatever else was on that shit, and they've all got weird fucking names, like, 33.3 and... and... But they're
1: fucking, they're titled like the damn Naked Gun films.
2: Yeah, it is. They they are. That's that's great. They they perfect. That's exactly what they're titled like, except they're being serious for some it's it's just ridiculous. But um yeah, who wrote that in? Come here. Come here. Come Thanks for writing here. in post post almond clarity. Who's next? Who's next? Next up is Make Butt Stuff and the Crime Dong. And he's writing in about video game Weapons Power Ups. A good power-up or just the right weapon can turn the tide of a game and really make you feel powerful. Sometimes all it takes is a noid pogo machine, a master sword, or an exploding grandma is one of the thing that can actually lead you to victory. Thinking back on all the power-ups and weapons throughout gaming history, which do you think are the most practical and effective as sex toys?
0: Oh man, I was, I, was, I was all about that till the last couple words.
2: We can we you know can just answer I'm... this as the question <laughs> <laughs> we we wanted it to be. I,
1: I I'm going to answer this question. I thought it was going to be, but it probably also um, at least name wise works for for what this question fucking train wrecked into. Uh, from contra the the old spread gun. Yep, I I, I was strong. Why'd you pick that damn thing up, and you felt like you were doing something. Uh, you felt in a game where you felt vulnerable and on edge at all times. Uh that that was one of the few times you like you felt like you you may made through this. You 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 did have a, a slight edge. Um as far as what this question became, I'm still gonna say spread gun only, you know.
0: Or, who's next? Uh I don't know how you top the spread gun, because I I do believe, for weapon-wise, as far as being the the best weapon in the game, I could not think of anything that's as such of a game balancer. Literally, like, you're playing through that Mm -hmm. game, any other weapon, you're still like, oh boy. You get the spread gun, and you're finally like, yes, I'm a wall of Mm -hmm. destruction. Sure, I can still die, and will many times, but it's still pretty good. Uh, You know, I mean, like... Classically, the the master sword. When you finally get the master sword in Zelda, and you're like, "Oh man, I'm I'm destroying things that before it took me two or three hits." Like that was that's always a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a terrible sex toy. It's got blades on it, but you know, it's got a handle. Maybe that would work. Uh, you know, I'm drawing a blank. Thankfully, on a, <laughs> another weapons could be used as sex toys. Um,
2: uh, man, I don't know. That's there's so many of them. Like, uh. I guess for me, like the most practical and practical and and best power up you can get in a game is just about any game where you can get a eventually get a double jump. Like mm-hmm. for everything else that you get, especially like in like Metroid uh, or stuff like that, like you get a lot of shit like missiles and everything. But like it always seems like whenever you get that double jump, it really opens up the map. Like you really feel like you can explore way more than what you were able to before. So like for me, that would probably be You know, the the most practical. I cannot even fucking tell you what would be the best sex toy. I mean, BFG. I mean, it'd it'd be the worst one, but it'd Mm. also kind of be the best one. So, A little messy. Yeah, you'd only get to use it once. (laughs) But yeah, thanks for writing in McButt stuff. And we're going to go next to Beer Guy from NC. And he's writing about upcoming new releases. Good evening, gentlemen and Billy. Love the podcast, definitely <laughs> keeps me definitely keeps me entertained during work, since I spend quite a bit of time on the road. To the question at hand, do you guys plan on playing the new Diablo, or waiting to hear more <laughs> about it before playing? This one actually isn't that old, like, it's not too old. Also, what do you think about the new Metal Gear Solid 3 remake? That is something we haven't talked about.
1: Mm-hmm. Um... I have not played the new Diablo yet because I am am telling myself that I'm going to finish Zelda first. But um, but my my grip on that is really starting to slip as I hear more people singing the praises of it. So I'll, I'll be into it soon enough. And as far as the damn Metal Gear Solid Three remake, I am excited. Um, I, I think out of all the games, uh, this is the one that I would would really want to see a nice solid remake of. Uh, the first one, keep the first one the way it is. And the second one too, it's got a lot of charm like that. I, I feel like 3 is where it started to really turn the corner and not be, you know, as, as boxy and all that. And it was, it's starting to get kind of a real look going. So it, it, it makes sense to um, convert that over. Uh, it's kind it's of look great. The environments in it, some of the set pieces I remember from it are going to translate over so well uh, hopefully uh, I, I hope there you know there's no fiddling with any mechanics or anything like that um, I mean three unless they finally one day make four playable I, I know it's one of those weird games that was on the ps3 and apparently can't be translated to anything else um, but no I I am very excited I'm excited for the the Metal Gear you know solid Rele- re-releases, um, just those uh, one and two, and I believe the NES games are on there. And I, anything, anytime I can get more Metal Gear, even if it's the same Metal Gear, I, I'm happy.
0: I Honestly, we prefer to get the same Metal Gear uh, in some ways. Yes. I think the first, the first three Metal Gear Solids are wonderful. The third one is mm-hmm. is. I know I played it way late. I didn't play it until it was on the, the Vita, I want to say. I didn't play it when it was mm-hmm. new, and it took me a while to get into it, but when I finally did, I could not put it down, and I loved every second of it to enough where I bought a PS3 to play Metal Gear Solid 4 and was immediately let down, So, mm-hmm. uh, which I did, I did end up liking Metal Gear Solid 4 as a one-time-through game, but I cannot imagine playing it again. Uh, anytime soon, Metal Gear Solid 4 is just a movie that you play five minutes of here and there. So uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, though, was, was what I wanted Metal Gear Solid to be. Like, the first one's great, and I loved it at the time, but 3 takes everything that, that kind of the, the first game did and then puts it in the jungle and makes it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because you're going back in time, not, not like time travel, you're playing a game that's further back in time, um, I like that it, you know, the the tech stuff rolls back a little bit, right? I don't need a lot of super futuristic things, and I think the later Metal Gear Solid yeah. games kind of, for a, a fault, to do that. This instead rolls it back to, you know, kind of a realistic technology. There's still goofy crap in there because it's Metal Gear, but it's not it's not as over the top as some of the later ones. I love Metal Gear Solid Three, so I'm hoping the remake is. I don't want them to tweak with it. I just want, you know, nicer graphics, maybe, maybe. I, honestly, just a nice HD version of it would be just great. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about that, and uh, I have also not played Diablo Four. Um, I was going to ask this question, he was asking if the new Diablo is Diablo 3, Um, but I, I actually, I will eventually (laughs) play Diablo 4. Um, I'm not in a rush. Like I, I like those games enough, but not, uh, not enough where I had to rush out and buy it. I'm sure at some point it'll be on game pass or it'll be like 20 bucks and then I'll, I'll check it out.
2: Well, I am playing Diablo and it is very fun. Uh, I actually beat it. So yeah, if if you like Diablo, check it out. It's, It's a great game. I'm, I'm doing like the in game stuff. And you know, just kind of taking it easy. I'm not rushing to to try to get to whatever the max level is. It's just fun to get in there and do a couple of dungeons and and head out for the night or whatever. So that yeah, it's a great game. Uh, Metal Gear. I I realize that Metal Gear Solid 3 is the critical darling. Like that's the one everyone really likes. You know, it, that was the one where it all just kind of came together and into like this perfect Metal Gear vision. Uh, it's it's not too crazy it's still grounded a bit it's got a great story it's got you know just the right amount of silliness in there <laughs> it's a, it's just a great game uh but I kind of wish they would have redone Metal Gear Solid uh 4 mm. like that it's just it's stuck on the ps3 like you can emulate one two and three and you know uh fives on everything so you can play that but you'll never get to play Metal Gear Solid 4 again like it's it's just there on ps3 and until somebody does a remaster of it it's it that's where it that's where it'll be so i yeah i kind of wish that that's the one that would have got remade just for preservation's sake uh because otherwise yeah it's it's stuck it is totally stuck but yeah thanks for writing in beer guy and we're going to go to the video game music section of the podcast and this is from heywood jablomi You know, that really makes me mad, because I read that, and I didn't get it until (laughs) I just said it. (laughs) (laughs) That pisses me off so fucking much. I'm going to let you know, K is, he's, Mason did this. Of course he So, fucker. Um, Anyway, he wants to know what that mouth do, but no, it's not what he's actually about. He's got a couple of questions here. We're going to answer both of them, because I think they're pretty good questions, even though he's a dick. Almost all of my questions refer to video game music, and this is no exception. I'll keep it simple. Which game series as a whole has the best music? My vote goes Damn. for Castlevania, and only because Urban Champion doesn't have enough entries to be considered a series. <laughs> all right, yeah. so that's yeah. the first part of the question. Go for it.
1: All uh, right, man, um I'm gonna I don't know, I'm gonna have to go Mega Man. I I think Mega Man has uh, each game has some fucking jams in it. Uh, Streets of Rage series, um, which which really hit its stride at two, but, but I mean one and three had some great great tracks in it also. Uh, I it, it's tough. Castlevania is definitely up there. Games like Donkey Kong Country are up there, but I would I would just say consistently, you know, the most good tracks. Every game, uh, for me, it's definitely Mega Man. Uh, it, it's got to be, with a, the Streets of Rage just coming right in second.
0: It's hard to not agree with Castlevania, because especially when you add in all the different versions of it, I mean, the NES ones are classic ones. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the Symphony of the Night has some amazing music. I'm even playing the, the, the what was it, it's, Uh the Xbox 360 Castlevanias have good sound to them still. It's, I mean, they're, they're more symphonic, but they work. Um, but then, like, mm-hmm. the Game Boy Castlevanias, those games kind of suck, but their soundtracks, amazing. Uh, it's, it's hard to top that. Uh, I'd say the only thing close, and only, again, because you can talk about going through a, a bunch of different eras, a bunch of different handhelds, a bunch of different versions, Final Fantasy always has some really good music. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Final Fantasy series... Um, it has lots of music. I mean, you know, playing Final Fantasy 7 and 15, there are options to play through previous games. And, I, you know, you'd flip through the, the music and, to hear from those previous games, and I would be amazed at how many I knew and could hum along to. Uh, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy, I, I'm going to say just to be different, even though I do believe Castlevania is the actual answer, Final Fantasy will be my follow-up answer. Um, you know, a game like Dragon Quest, I like those games. But after about an hour, I mute them. The, it's the same songs over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Final Fantasy does not have that problem.
2: Well, Jeremy actually took both of my answers because ah, that's, mm. I, Castlevania is is that's it for me. I mean that that series just has so many amazing jams throughout the years. It doesn't matter what system it's on; it's probably going to have at least two or three that you're just going to be humming along for the next day or two. Uh, Simply the Night has my favorite soundtrack of all time. It, you know, I can listen to that just about all day long. It, it has too many favorites on there, and it's it's just. A great series for music, uh, Final Fantasy as well. Hey, that's just every single one of those games has a memorable song that I can remember from, them, and it's that's what kind of makes them special. So, yeah, I, I'm sure there are other ones out there. You know, if I'm if I want to go the fighting game route, I you know I probably throw out Tekken. Um, but there's only a few games really there that, that has like really memorable Tekken music. Like Tekken 3 just has some amazing music. Um, and you know, of course, Street Fighter, but again, that's kind of the same as, as Tekken, where it didn't really have, you know some of the games are just kind of forgettable, but then you've got you know stuff like Street Fighter Six or you know Street Fighter Four, the intro to that song, like stuff that's just for, there forever that you'll you never forget. So, yeah, just, you know, things like that here and there. But as far as consistency, I mean, Castlevania is, is the one for me. All right, next question from Kay here is, there are many games with soundtracks made entirely from licensed music. Skateboarding games, racing games, and wrestling games in particular come to mind. My question is not which game has the best licensed soundtrack. We all know Jeremy G. We'll just say whatever game has Dragula in it, and you're right. My question (laughs) is which game has a licensed soundtrack that contributes the most to the game's atmosphere or presentation? For me, it's Crazy Taxi. The fast-paced, frantic music of bad religion and offspring is perfect for drifting around corners, speeding through traffic, and possibly murdering entire families of four when you misjudge your next move. Street Skater on the PlayStation 1 is also not only excellent, but sets the vibe for a great skateboarding experience. So what licensed original soundtrack isn't necessarily the best, but complements the gameplay perfectly?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with this one, and damn it, it's not even a good game, but if we're going this route, um, Backyard Wrestling, don't try this at home, uh, was just a a ridiculous over-the-top, not realistic in the least, sort of wrestling, kind of wrestling slash fighter. But that thing had just an incredible... Soundtrack. If if you thought about, hey, two people beating the shit out of each other in a backyard, setting each, setting each other on fire, uh, damn attacks, ladders, uh, people jumping out of fucking trees, I you're gonna assume that fucking damn anthrax is playing. I, there was like anthrax, CKY was in it, insane clown posse was in it. Uh, just it was such a good like the soundtrack was great itself, uh, but when you Put it with the action that was going on there. It just, it just, it worked. Um, I think S. Oh, there was one of the SSX games. I can't even recall which one. I want to say it was Tricky, but I can't recall if that was a fully licensed soundtrack or not. Uh, the Tony Hawk games are all by the first Underground game, especially. I I thought it, it is one of my favorite Tony Hawk soundtracks, and it did go well with the game but yeah i mean I, I don't recommend playing backyard wrestling most people probably wouldn't even want to listen to the soundtrack but it, you put the two together uh and you got something that goes hand in hand
0: tony hawk was the game i thought of at first but then as i thought about it one i think that's an easy answer because it's a game about mm-hmm. skateboarding so you're going to play skate rock tracks and that's what mm-hmm. they did and it worked fine uh this is almost kind of the same but i think the game is more unique and and um Arguably good. I'm a fan, but I can see why people wouldn't like it. Brutal Legend had an incredible soundtrack that's yeah. all these amazing metal tracks that all work perfectly for the the, the feel of the game. Um, and, and a lot of those were bands I was familiar with. A lot of them were bands I weren't and went to, to find more about them. And I think it, it fits perfectly for what that game was trying to do. So I'm going to go with Brutal Legend on that one. Uh, I do want to say this is the time where I would also like to complain about one. Uh, not exactly a, a complaint that the soundtrack was bad, but... Uh, from back in the days, working at a game store, we would have you know something playing uh, on the, the the main TV on the, on the that would face out into the hallway to get people to come in, and so most of the time, if we were lucky, we had a game that had a really cool soundtrack or or game sounds or something that wouldn't annoy me. Uh, there was one year and I'm not sure which FIFA game it was. It was it was one of the PlayStation <laughs> FIFA games. Uh, it was Blur's Song 2, the one that goes woohoo na 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 and it played that uh non-stop over and over again for about 2 weeks till I took the game out of the system and broke it so we would never have to hear it again. <laughs> it was a demo of the game, it wasn't the full game, but uh, it was still enough that it, that was the only song it played and it played it in full over and over and over again. So sometimes that's a double-edged sword. You got a you get a licensed soundtrack that'll drive you insane where video game you can kind of tune out or just start humming and not mind. But after two weeks of woohoo, I was out, was done.
2: <laughs> I, for me, I guess, like, I know this one isn't completely, you know, what Mason was talking about, but uh, Road Rash for 3DO, oh, like that, man, yeah. you know, that one actually has music that plays through, you know, when you're actually driving, it's not licensed music. They only play the licensed music in the menus, which is weird. And I don't know if there was some reason for that or what, but. Yeah, that, that just had an amazing soundtrack and several on there that I actually, you know, went out and, and found, you know, their their actual CDs of and stuff like Paul. And and they actually had a, a couple of like music videos, like music videos they just made for Road Rash in that game. Uh, if you just kind of let it sit, it, it would play. There's a, a music video for Paul and there's another game or another band that I can't quite remember, but they're both good songs. And that whole soundtrack is just great. Uh, but I guess for me, like the number one answer would be Wipeout XL or Wipeout 2097, depending on what side of the pond you're on. Like that was, that came out right when I was getting into electronic music. And that was it for me. That, you know, it had like the Prodigy, Future Sound of London, you know, Fluke, Chemical Brothers, like all those people on that one soundtrack. And it was so perfect, you know, just because Wipeout was already kind of go in that direction with the first game. Uh, you know, that one just had, I believe, just one uh, band that actually did the music for the first game. But the second one was just this amazing collection of just those up-and-coming electronic artists and stuff like that from back in the day. It was, it was perfect. And as far as, like, just making the soundtrack or making the game feel like that it belongs in the game, I, I don't think you could have put a better soundtrack in that game. So, but yeah, thanks for writing in, Mason. And next up, we're going to go with, uh, who gets, who gets the, who gets the question? Surfside Slasher. And he's writing in about Testicle Head's new adventure. <laughs> okay. Hey guys, one of my favorite things growing up was going to the rental store just to see what new games and movies had come out seeing the awesome and sometimes awful box art. So my two-part question is what was one of, what was the worst box art you guys encountered? And second, have you guys dabbled in the online rental business such as GameFly? Thanks you guys. Show continues to be one of the best retro game podcasts in the land. Sincerely, your number 1 Spotify fan. PS, oh. I was wondering if your family and significant others ever listen to the podcast and do they support the, do they support you in this endeavor?
1: Um, I'll, I'll go through those Uh not in order. Um, yeah, my, my son is a, a, a big listener. I was convinced he was going to be our only listener for a while. Uh, but no, he's, he's, I think he's, you know, he's, he's slipping a little bit. He's a couple, couple episodes behind. Uh, and I am a, a little bit of a letdown father with that, but he'll he'll come back around. He'll make it. Um, Man, as far as box art goes, ah, it's hard to say. So many of those old Master System games were just ugly as hell. It's bare bones. It's usually a white box and just something ridiculous. The wrestling game on there, uh, notably, I think it's the one that is the headless wrestler that has a headlock on on a head. Um, I, I think... One of the classics is that first Mega Man box. Yeah. Um, which would, it, it, fortunately, was not what you got when you when you popped it in. Uh, and no, as far as the, uh, kind of the mail online rental things, I, I haven't, I've never delved into those. Um, I, I have friends that have used things like Gamefly for years and absolutely love it. I, I've had friends that just like have had series after series of just scratched discs sent to them. Uh, I, you know, it's it's a mixed bag, it seems. But uh, I, I slightly more people I know like it than not. Uh, I don't know. It was just something that didn't appeal to me. I, I I hated getting damn discs from Netflix early on. To date myself, when that was the only way of doing it, um, I just I just hated that whole. You know, tough walking in the mailbox some days. Awful tough, um, but no, I I never did. Uh, I, I really if I know there's some of them are still going, and I really don't see how at this.
0: Uh, I'll I'll also order the answer these in a weird order. Uh, I never did the GameFly uh, thing. I think it's mainly just the time that it was a, a service. By that point, mm-hmm. I had you know I had a job. I could pay for games if I wanted something. I was working in a game store. I would either um, you could borrow things there for a while when you worked there. Uh, So that you could tell people about them. So I I borrowed a ton of games uh, through the store. But then the ones I wanted, if I liked them at all, I would buy them or if it was weird looking, I would buy it. Why not? I had expendable income. You know, at that time, I was living with five guys in a townhouse. So it didn't (laughs) it didn't really matter. It was 200 bucks a month. It was great. Uh, So I I bought a ton of stuff. Uh, Nothing against that kind of service. I think if if it would have been around five to 10 years earlier, I probably would have used it a ton. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just I just didn't have a chance. Um, as far as my family, yeah, they're fine with me doing this podcast It beats a lot of the other things I was doing previously uh, In general, uh, and it's less self-destructive But no, they, they don't listen uh, My kids have listened to it, they listen to me edit it And think it's weird that I listen to my own voice uh, okay. <laughs> Which is uh, admittedly weird If you don't know that I'm editing a podcast It does sound like I'm just listening to myself talk Uh <laughs> <laughs> so I do get that. My wife has tried to listen, but uh, she th- she she's honest about it. She's like, it's just not. I'm not into it. She plays games, but not uh, these games. She's not gonna want to listen to me talk about Crater Maze. So it's not gonna happen. Uh, the bad box art question. Yeah, Mega Man is the classic. I mean, it's it's it is it is a. Meme for a reason. I mean, even when it was brand new, if in the back of the Nintendo Player's Guide, the official Nintendo Player's Guide, that black book, uh, there was a... The only thing about Mega Man we ever knew was from that book until we bought it. Uh, it is just the worst box art ever, and it makes the game look absolutely terrible. Uh, a follow-up, though, uh, and a lot of you guys wouldn't have... Uh, you, you too, specifically, uh, didn't have a TurboGrafx, so you haven't seen the box art. Now, some of the box art on TurboGrafx games mm-hmm. is awesome. Some of it's amazing. Some of it, however is not good, and their version of Bomberman is absolutely terrible. Uh, remember the when they put out the Xbox, I think it was the Xbox version, it was like a, a 3D Bomberman, it wasn't like the Bomberman N64 game, they tried to make it like realistic, where he looked like a man running around throwing bombs oh, as opposed to the yeah, cartoon yeah. character. Uh, that's what the box art for the original Bomberman for Graphics is, despite that yeah. the game itself is classic Bomberman and super awesome. The box art on that is terrible. So I'm going to go with Bomberman,
2: because Mega Man
0: is too easy of an answer, but is the actual worst box art ever.
2: I definitely remember a few from my video store from the Super NES side of things. Mm. I, and I know, like, the biggest one that, that's a meme these days is Phalanx. Yeah. You know, that just <laughs> that old guy sitting there with the banjo. And I can't, it, it did work. I'll give it that. Like, I, I never rented it. But I think I picked that game up more than any other just to look at that box art. Because it just fascinated me. I just, I couldn't. Not look at it. It was just the weirdest thing. It has n- absolutely nothing to do with the game, but it's just this old guy with the beard playing the banjo on the front of this game. <laughs> um, but you know, the the one I probably remember the most was uh, Mystical, *Legend of the Mystical Ninja* for the Super NES. Like, it's not badly. It's it's good art, but it's just ugly, you know. And it has nothing to do with. It was like. They told this Western guy that that was like, all right, we need you to make art for this very, very Japanese game, but make it not look as Japanese as possible. And it just, it looks horrible. You know, it is a a terrible, terrible representation of of what is actually in the game. So like I always, anytime I see that one, I just remember that one sitting at at the video store and just me being like, oh, every time I walked by it. So but uh, as for GameFly, yeah, I I did GameFly for a little bit. That was my place to rent games with uh, very easy achievements that I didn't oh, actually want to buy. No. So those were
1: uh, dark. God damn, were those dark. <laughs> we all we all yeah. did things we were ashamed of back
2: then. Yeah, yeah, I got a few um, on theirs. Like I remember the Turtles game, and uh, was that one, you know god that one kid that can control water or whatever yang or whatever that avatar. shit is avatar avatar yeah i got that one and uh just a, a couple of other ones that were some you know the kung fu, kung fu panda i got that one um things like that that would come in and i could play them for like 3 or 4 days get all the chi- the achievements and send them back and mm-hmm. that, it it was just that kind of time back in the day <laughs> so you know at least it's uh, stuff like that and and not that stuff that's on the playstation store these days it's like um you know it, touch the cauliflower, you know, that's literally a game. It's, like, it's, it's just that over and over again, like touch, touch the rice ball and you get all these trophies and stuff like that. So I I can at least say they were real games when I, when I cheated my achievements. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's actually what I used game fly for. So yeah, thanks for writing in Surfside. Uh, I know you asked uh, if you're actually, if we're actually getting your letters, we are, but you just, You know how it is around here. We're we're getting there. You got a couple more, and and I'll throw them in there when I get the chance. Next up comes from Super Robio, and he's writing in to talk about General Chaos. And Uh. he says, I like General Chaos. All right. You know what? Thank you. It means a lot to me. I'm glad somebody else likes General Chaos. I don't think anyone in the entire history of this podcast since we did that episode has ever come forward and said they actually like General Chaos. So my I salute you, Super Robio. Thank you for liking General Chaos.
0: Are you sure that's that are, are I yeah. was gonna
2: say, are you sure that um you didn't write that? I no, that's me. That is no, that's not me. That's from Super Robio. <laughs> Um, his email address is your mom at donkeydong.com. Uh, okay. So that's, that's fair.: I, I didn't make that up. Can't make this shit up. You, you know, right. I, I have
0: to admit, that's one of those games that a lot of people do like. I know we didn't care for it, but if there's ever been a game for us to do an episode where we go back and give a game a second chance, that's yes. the one I would pick, because other people do love it, and I'm willing to bet I didn't give it a fair chance. I would love for for episode two hundred. Perhaps we'll revisit <laughs> revisit oh a game it's... and give it a look. <laughs> I hope so.
2: That would oh. that would be a dream come true to find to, to be able to get a second chance of convincing you guys mm. that General Chaos is one of the, the best games ever created on the yeah. Genesis.
1: A dream for some, a nightmare for others.
2: Anyway, next question comes in from Dr. Brian Rains, and he's mm. writing in about the human Buke buccal activity cavity not cat activity anyway good day sirs in my research into the purpose of the human buccal cavity aka the mouth I've encountered your fine digital broadcast where I learned that you also have been trying to determine the answer to this decades old query. Isn't it strange that even th- though humans have had m- mouths for more than a hundred years, we still do not know their purpose. If either of you fine gen- <laughs> gentlemen ever receive satisfactory answers to said query, I implore you to forward the same to me forthwith. Many thanks to you, B-Rains. Now, I'm not going to answer this question because it's not really a question, but I do want to know what you guys have been putting in your mouths lately. What's 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 been your go-to Fast food option these days it's been a while since we had a good fast food discussion on here.
1: you know I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of going off brand, uh, but I've been I, usually just cooking here at the house kind of on the healthy side. Um, but that is not to say I won't let my hair down every now and then. I, I think I, I, I give myself like one one day a week to like just eat shitty as hell all day long. Which usually I don't have the stomach for it that much. Um, my Taco Bell order has not changed. I'm still hitting the quesadilla. I do like that cheesy bean and rice burrito. Uh, it's like one of the fucking dollar menu things, but damn, you get your money's
2: worth and then
1: some. That's I've substantial.
2: Hitting- That's what I, I usually order. That, but I add chicken to it. But man, that is you. You you're you're robbing them when you get that thing.
1: It's it's it has heft to it. It's like a pound. Yeah. Yeah, that thing is, and it's not just a pound of just the beans. And no, it's, it's, th- there's a lot going on inside that thing for not a lot of money. It'll make you fucking holler for that dollar. Um, I've been getting that with my chicken quesadilla every now and then. Uh, when I want to switch up from the uh, in the chalupa, um, but no, uh, the, the only other fast food I have really hit lately. Yeah, of course, the old Bojangles every now and then for a Cajun filet biscuit. Um, oh. No, I've been, I've been, you guys have cookout?
0: I don't, but everyone has mentioned, I've heard cookout several right. times on our Discord, and I, I there's not one near me.
1: Yeah, I've been,
2: Jeremy, do you you've surely don't, do you? No, I don't, but Tyann, she moved down to uh, Southern Tennessee, and she mm-hmm. actually has one, and she's like, what the hell is a cookout? It's like, oh man, Billy, Billy would mm-hmm. be able to let you know.
1: Yeah, I'm still. I actually had some heartbreak recently. Um, I, this is over the course of a couple of months. Uh, my my fiance and even her sister one time. And I would get, go out to get cookout, and I would stress, please, because I, I get the same order chicken strip tray with chicken nuggets and fries as a side. And please get cookout sauce, And don't tell them on the speaker. Get to the window and ask. Three times in a row, it made it back here without the sauce. Oh. And I'm gonna tell you, it's it's worthless. Like I was scrounging in the refrigerator, I was trying to make up sauces. Like I, I, was, I was, I had like honey mustard, and I was like, put a little ketchup in here with this. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's get a little white sauce. Put in. I was damn, but I I couldn't ca- recapture cookout sauce. Second time around that it happened, I was like, eh, I had Chick Fil A sauce around, but. It's not the same. Third time, I just you know I labored through it, but I finally just recently went, got it with cookout sauce. I even got an extra one to keep in the drawer for safekeeping for a rainy day, if you will. I said, like, "Yeah, cookout," and then just that one little change to my uh, my Taco Bell habits. Been about it for me.
0: I know I talk about uh, Royal Farms an awful uh, awful lot, but yeah. it is my. Uh, unlike Billy, who only eats trash one day a week, I only eat well one day a week. So the rest of the week, I only <laughs> eat garbage. And there is a Royal Farms uh, in both directions from leaving my house to either go towards my office or towards doing anything else I'd want to do. Uh, and it's, my office, thankfully, is not near anything else. But the problem is that I go to Royal Farms like every other day. But I get the same thing every time. So it is a you can get a spicy chicken tender sub. And all oh. I put on it is mayonnaise, lettuce, and pickles. And yeah, I could oh. eat that every day. It's it. It's spicy. Like, the actual spicy chicken strips are actually hot. So if you just get them by yourself, like, just buy the, the ch- chicken strips and fries or whatever, it's like, it burns your mouth. And my, my heart will hurt a little bit, which means I probably shouldn't eat it. Uh, but I mm-hmm. still do. But on the sub, it's got enough other stuff with it that it cools it down. Oh, I could eat one right now. I might, as soon as we're done recording, drive myself to Oral Farms and get myself a spicy chicken uh, sub. They're so good.
2: I I finally got a firehouse subs over here close by me. And so I've been actually going through their menu one by one and, and seeing what they've got, you know, and I, I've always liked their, their, um, the hook and ladder. Like that's one of my favorite fast food subs that's out there. Like it's really good, but like I was actually surprised that they have one of my favorite meatball sandwiches and it's yeah. Firehouse is is pretty legit. Uh, but Otherwise, I've been achieving ultimate fatness thanks to my McDonald's. Now that they actually have custom, uh, you know, the, the touchscreens, they redid mm-hmm. the place. So now they put in touchscreens and I'm sure they regret it because I have been going in there most mornings and doing whatever I can do to customize. Uh, uh, what is it? The, the fucking pancake sandwich. McGriddle. The McGriddle. I have been putting <laughs> things on the McGriddle that should never go on the McGriddle. And oh, having making them add like the extra syrup with the, so I can just dip them. It's the oh. fattest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but I love the McGriddle and my prayers were, were semi answered back when they did the chicken McGriddle. Like, but it's, you know, it's, it's okay. But now that I can fully customize a McGriddle sandwich and put on whatever kind of monstrosities that I want to put on that fucking thing, it's on. And it's, I, I'm pretty sure I've gained like 10 pounds from doing this stuff but uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it but the Taco Bell has just started like a volcano taco so I think I'm going to actually like try that tomorrow and and see if I regret it
0: we just got uh, Firehouse subs around here a while ago and the only thing I i mean it's they're fine they're good uh, but I just like they have a sub called the New York Steamer and I laugh every time
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh okay all right next up is from the 16-bit Big Boss and he's writing in and talk about video games as a hobby versus personality. I was born in 1990, so I grew up just behind the video game surge of the late 80s, early 90s. Couple that with living in a small rural town with no internet, and I basically had no access to the greater gaming world. Video games were something we did for fun occasionally during the week or at a Friday night sleepover. But that was it. It was a hobby, a fun thing to do. Now I see people, both kids and adults, whose entire personality is gaming. Shirts like I paused my game to be here just kind of make me cringe. And I'm aware that you can make a decent living playing video games by streaming or eSports, but I just kind of cringe when I see someone who's basing their entire personality around video games. Am I just a grumpy old man, or do do y'all feel similar sentiments? Yes, yes, I know that I am sending this to a group of three adult men who have been running a video game podcast for nearly a decade.
0: Yeah, this one hits a little close to home. Uh, I mean, I, you're not wrong. Uh, there are things about this hobby that annoy me uh, when I see it. Um, that said, I have framed video game art in my house and I wear shirts uh, that have the Burger Time logo on them the actual Burger Time logo, not just our shirt that looks like Burger Time. So. <laughs> Uh, I I mean I guess I'm I'm on the fringe of that level, but it's I, I'd like to think I do other things. I don't it, I don't go out and talk to people at video games if I don't know they're into video games. Right? I'm not that guy. I'm not going to go out to a bar and meet random people and be like, oh man, you guys want to talk about Mega Man Four? It's not going to happen. It's not something I'm going to do. Uh, I will instead talk about something else they don't care about, but it will not be video games most likely.
1: And I, I, I I'm similar. Obviously, I, I have a lot of video game memorabilia uh attire and whatnot but i i I can see what you're saying there are levels of it i think Uh, you know there are people that you know it's it's a hobby it's something they love doing uh something they have a lot of fun with you know and they have different you know things they wear and things like that i but i think there is that whole other level of it to where you know those people that can't really talk to them about anything but video games, you know, you 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 they're hard to communicate with <laughs> unless it's about what they want to communicate with. Uh they it's like Jeremy P. just said they whether they know you're into it or not will just talk your ear off about it. Uh, you know, especially when they have a captive audience. There there are levels to it. Uh it can to me get to an extent where it's like, yeah, all right, that's 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 fine. And it can also it can turn that corner to where it's like Shut the fuck up about it. Um it, it just it, it varies from person.
2: Oh wait, Jeremy already answered. I ah, did I did. You went you went in a different order. Mm-hmm. Got me mm-hmm. got me confused. I like to mix it, change up. it up. I I don't like the people that, that just make gaming their their entire lives. Like mm-hmm. I understand, you know, if that's what you want to do, then then go for it. But I, I it gets weird. It gets really weird. You know, when that's, when that's just all you got and we don't have much, none of us, none of these, <laughs> these three dudes here do, doing this podcast. We ain't got much at all. Hey so, man,
1: we ain't got much.
2: We just, you know, we're, we're going on fumes at this point, man. But we still, I don't think any of you, any of us base our lives around video games. We're not sitting around watching streaming all day long. It, you know, we, we're just, we, we play games to, to play it. And because we enjoy it, you know, once we leave the house, we're not breaking out, you know, like our video game shirts and, and like searching out people that just want to talk about video games. We actually have other things that we can talk about. We're just, you know, video games is a hobby. It's, it is not a personality for me at least. And I'm pretty sure these other two, I think that's more of a recent thing. I, I didn't see the whole video game as a personality thing, much when i was a kid you know it definitely seems to have sprung up around you know the 2000s or whatever when when communities as a large group of people who are just into video games and can just talk about video games all day long want to be you know that's the only place they want to be so again if if that's how you if that's what you got then you know i can't talk too much shit at least you got something again we ain't got much here so
0: and, and
1: if I could make a living, I'd I, I like, like that you double down and stress to the end that we do not have much.
0: I, you know,
2: I'll keep hammering the home until people understand. God damn it.
0: I, I do want to say we're not, uh, or at least I, I kind of, if I was 10 years younger, maybe 15 years younger, uh, I would definitely be one of those people who streamed all the time. Right? When, when Instead, when I was 18, 19, 20, 25. I was just in my, ba- you know, in, in my house writing things for the internet because there wasn't streaming. And I, I was doing that because I thought that it would, it would get me somewhere. I enjoyed it, but I thought this is what I'm good at. Uh, I would have been one of those guys who was, who was able to stream all the time. When I, instead, I just played games for nobody all the time. right? So I, I wish I could have been one of those guys who all the time. But now when I do it, I'm an old man streaming. So it's not quite going to get me there. <laughs> I, I enjoy streaming, but it's not, uh, it's, it, it will not be my full-time life.
2: Yeah, thanks for writing in the 16-bit boss. And we're going to do a few more here and, and going to sign off. So we're going to, let's see here. Who, who's next? Who's next? Late to gaming. He's writing in about licensed games. What's your favorite retro game that has a real person's, celebrity, athlete, etc. name in the title? I'm going to go ahead and get the obvious one out of the way. So mine is Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I also Ooh. really like Ivan Ironman Man student Stewart's Super Off-Road.
0: God, those are
1: both um, great picks. Yeah, it's easy for me. Um, it's it's King Griffey Jr. baseball. Um, maybe the first one, slightly over winning run, winning run kind of start went oddly realistic when the when the first Griffey had a, a very you know uh, cartoonish kind of exaggerated character thing to it. Uh, it's it's hard to think of outside of sports games, um, but no, uh, that that was that's. Definitely mine. I love King Griffey. Uh, that first Super Nintendo game. I still have I I have on the uh, on not on a on, not on a Super Nintendo. I'll I'll say that much. I have a season active right now that I, I go on every now and and play a game or two. Um yeah, I mean that's that is really Gotta, that's that's really gotta be the one for me because it's it's the one that comes to mind immediately, and it's it's definitely the one that I have come back to the most over the year.
0: I mean, he took the best answer. Mike Tyson's punch-out is a solid answer. Uh, other than that, we've yes. already talked about it on this episode. But Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater yes. is the, the other one I could think of. I'm God trying to think anything else. There's not a lot of others, Jeremy. So I took it because I talk faster. That's all. Uh, there aren't a lot. I'm trying to think of other ones other than like Madden or whatever. Right? I mean, what what other games? have a person's thing it's got to be a sports game for the most part and hey, Skateboarding's is as close yeah, as I'm going to get
1: still a sports game but I don't get to talk sing the praises of this game enough uh, but Arnold Palmer tournament golf is, is another one that I love another one I hold near and dear um, I'll just I'll just toss that one out there because I, I haven't got to I haven't got to talk about it quite yet
2: this is twice now that my answer has been taken Goddamn. Well, I mean, I, you're right. Tony Hawk is, is it? You know, as as far as like what what I can remember, besides Mike Tyson, um, I had honestly forgot King Griffey Junior. Baseball even existed. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm kind of looking through here and like nothing's... You know what? Jackie
0: yeah. Chan's Action Kung Fu.
2: You got your answer. There we go. <laughs> All right, we have a winner. <laughs> that is that is officially uh, the best licensed game ever made for me, next to Tony Hawk. Uh, let's see here. But yeah, thanks for writing in. Who wrote that? Late to Gaming? Late to Gaming. Did you do that? Okay. Thanks for writing in. And I know, I think you actually have a couple more questions. I know who does have uh, several questions here. Uh, We're going to answer one, but the Green Mullet. Goddamn, dude. There's like six questions here. No, I don't actually, I think this is wrong. It might be wrong, but I'm going to read one of these. And we we might get back to another one of your questions here in, in a future episode. Uh, but this one's coming in from the Green Mullet, and this is about King Cone. I was listening to the Oops! All Mail episode earlier today. <laughs> well, here's another one. I heard Billy mention a, mention a King Cone story, which sounded interesting. Care to elaborate further? Ice cream shops and death seem to go hand in hand. P.S. <laughs> What's the deal with pocket mail? Keep it up, lads. <laughs> you are doing amazing Jesus. things. Cheerio. Man, this we're is an have, all-encompassing gonna question out, here. Yeah.
1: We're going to have to figure out something, because this is going to end up with me talking for about 20 minutes and then Jeremy talking for about 20 minutes um, on the pocket mail end of things. Now, King Cone was a like a local... Uh, middle of nowhere ice cream shop with a putt-putt course. Um, I don't know the name of the guy that owned it, but I just refer to him as King Cone because I just assumed he would name it after himself. Um, King Cone's wife passed away mysteriously. Uh, This was King Cone's third wife who had mysteriously (laughs) passed away uh, within about a year or two of marriage. And um, I ended up at this funeral um, what? I, 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 I was friends. You with the King not Cone? With, not with King Cone. I I kind of got dragged to it, um, by, by someone who I was involved with at the time. Um, and when at the at the little thing where you know you line up and you walk by the casket, King Cone standing there, and I guess you know I don't go I don't do a lot of funerals. Uh, you go up there and I guess you tell them you're sorry and things like that.
0: And
1: you don't really you say you're sorry unless you killed them, but man, <laughs> well, it turns out he should have been saying he was sorry. Um, as the is the as the, uh, the freshly departed freshly departed's mother walked up to King Cone and told him, "I know you did it," and it, it, uh, nothing. Uh, funerals are quiet anyway. If you ever wanted to figure out how you can make a funer- funeral even quieter? Is to hurl a murder accusation at the at the, at the, at, the, at, the, at the husband of the deceased. Uh, it, it's awkward, and King cut. He did it. I, I I he was serving time. He's probably still serving time. This was like the late nineties, early 2000s. He might still be in there. I don't know. Pocket mail, Jeremy. Tell us about the pocket mail.
2: I man. <laughs> Pocket Mail is such an amazing I know. Where, where do you begin? <laughs> I, I don't even know. But, like, we started, well, all right. I was the old site that we used to run for, like, a decade. At some point, I decided to do a an article on Pocket Mail because it was this thing that I found that I thought was insane. You know, this was back around 2006, seven? Yeah, yeah. Um, Around in that area. So this Pocket Mail, before I get any further, is, like, this device that is like a little PDA. You know, it's something you would see back then, you know, like a kind of little BlackBerry thing, but its main thing was that you could hold it up to a payphone ringtone. And, and just, I, I guess you'd call the number on the payphone and whatever came through the, the thing would then like send your email to the pocket mail. It was ridiculous. It actually worked. and, my, <laughs> when oh, I was it, seeing oh, this,
1: it worked and there were people passionate about it too.
2: Yes. And that was my mistake because I was just like, <laughs> who the fuck uses this? So I, I, you know, did a fucking article on it or whatever. And so a few days later I started noticing we were got about a you know a dozen or so comments on that one. And it was like, okay, you know, a few days after that, it was like, there's a few more dozen <laughs> comments there. I was like, what's what's going on here? You know, and I I generally don't look at the comments for anything. So eventually I get on there. There's like 200 fucking comments to this thing. And I'm going through there and I'm expecting everyone just be like, oh, this dude's stupid. He don't know what he's talking about. But everyone's like talking back and forth about the pocket mail, like using it as a forum. And it got
1: to the point. It got to the point to where I don't know if just by the traffic, uh, the, the old website, the article got put on the Wikipedia For pocket mail under references,
2: yeah, I believe it's still there. Um, But the the reason people were doing this was, I guess, the old pocket mail form had closed down, and this was the only place that they could congregate (laughs) about their their fucking little PDA. Where I'm just, you know, spending like what, ten thousand words, calling it a bunch of shit, and everybody's down here like, you know, having a nice little community about it. It was it was just crazy. I I guess like. Later on, I learned that, you know, this was a big thing for people, especially in Australia. Like a lot of the people in that comment thread was from Australia. And so when you were out like in the the wilds of Australia, that was the only way they could actually get their email was going to a pay phone, dialing a number and having all that weird, you know, noises shot through the P, shot through the, the pocket mail. And, and that was it. <laughs> there you go. There's your email. So it was my mistake of, of not really thinking that this could be useful in very niche circumstances, like out in the Outback or something like that. So, yeah, you know, it, it was something that was there for a long time. And Mr. Holiday himself, yes. one Christmas, yes, surprised me with my very own pocket mail. It was, it, is, it was maybe the most magical Christmas. It was, and it was amazing to get it. It is still sitting right above my head, on my (laughs) shelf, complete with the is displayed prominently up there. And the best thing is, is it still works. It has never had any batteries changed or anything like that. If you press the power button, that fucker comes on. (laughs) There was something I wrote in there, what, how long has it been, like six or seven years ago? I I wrote, like, Billy is an ass. And, like, every time I turn it on, that's the thing that shows up. So. Yeah, I love my pocket mail. So that is what pocket mail is. Uh, But yeah, thanks for writing in. I forgot, is that the green mullet? Was that you? Who did that? Yes. All right, we're going to go with that. Um, We're going to do one more here. All right. And I have completely missed a large section of people, (laughs) so... Just means we'll have to do another all-male episode towards the end of the I, year. Well, okay. I, we're caught up pretty good. But, you know, like, Willie B. Hardigan, Quest Daddy, Adon, Chupami Laverga, Heywood, would you Blow Me again, you fucker, um, Eric Schoon, Nuts of Plenty, Plain Mech, Bindi, several others, we will get to you. I, I can actually see these emails and, and stuff like that, so don't worry about that. But we're going to end off with none other than... Our dear friend Celeste. Oh, and she's God. writing in. I know, let's just clear our plate. <laughs> and she's it'll writing be a question, in, it's the filthiest thing we've ever read. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the first time I've clicked on it, so it may be. She's writing in about virtual hunger. Hello, guys. It's hmm. been a while since I've written in, but I have been keeping up with the community in Discord. Since food is discussed both there and on the podcast, I thought it would be fun to ask which food presented or described in a video game piques your curiosity. Which would you want to try? For example, in Paper Mario for the Nintendo 64, you can make coupe pasta, which looks like linguine with pesto. And in many Zelda games, Link can drink Lon Lon milk or Chateau-, Chateau Romani in Majora's Mask. I'd love to know what the, what many virtual dishes taste like and what and would love to know which ones have caught your eye. Thanks for all you do and I hope 2023 is shaping up to be an excellent year. When was this sent? When did you send this? This is back in April. <laughs> well,
1: so 2023's been weird. It's, it's it's been weird. Um now that we are half, halfway through it. Um Man, any as far as the food, any damn thing in Final Fantasy fifteen. Oh my god, that is uh, the largest collection of of mouth watering dishes that I think I have have ever seen. Um, but no, I there there are several others because I, I feel like that one is almost too easy. Um, god, I I there's something. It's very simple, but maybe it's because it is, and it's just there. Uh, it's, it's very plain, but it looks so damn good. That sandwich, Just that regular sandwich that the Heavy has in Team Fortress 2 looks pretty damn good. Um, I want to say damn Red Dead 2. I can't remember some of them. There are some of those soups in there. <laughs> A couple of the steaks. And I was looking at him. I was like, eh, that it really doesn't look bad. It looks better and it, it probably should, given, you know, given the setting, given that uh, the cook probably fucking spewed TB all over it right beforehand. Um, but yeah, I that has got to be, for me, uh, I, the, the portal cake is cute, but I, I'm not one of those that's like, oh, I gotta have that. That fucking cheese, is it Skyrim that has the cheese wheels all over the damn place? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would bite into it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm lactose intolerant too, but as most lactose intolerant folks, I just don't give a shit. I bite into that cheese wheel. But no, uh, it's, it's got to be mainly anything. You know, Final Fantasy 15 and that damn sandwich from Team Fortress 2. Maybe it's because I have munched on so many of them in game um, that it's just it's something aesthetically
0: pleasing about it. Uh, I have to say, although uh, my immediate thought would be uh, the sinner Sandwich from Deadly Premonition, which is a Ooh. turkey, strawberry jam, and breakfast cereal sandwich, um, that's one I would try, because it actually sounds like it would be pretty good, kind of like a, um, a County Monte Cristo, sort of, but uh, <laughs> I, would, I would eat that. But actually, recently, and maybe I'm stealing Jeremy's answer for a third time today, Street Fighter Six okay. has a whole bunch of food items you can buy that some of them yes. actually look like they'd be pretty good. The regional looks like it'd be pretty good. Final Fantasy Fifteen was the, the, the answer I would have given until I started playing Street Fighter Six. There's a ton of food that looks like it could be pretty fun to eat. So I'm going to go with that and, of course,
2: the Sinner's Sandwich. I actually thought I was taking your answer, but you, you went with Street Fighter Six, which is probably what I should have went with. But I went with what should be your answer, which is Monster Hunter. And oh. just about any food that those damn cats mm. make look delicious. <laughs> Uh, you know, they put that food there and it can be made out of octopus tentacles and and fucking human feet, but it all looks very good. And that game actually goes the extra mile of, you know, they, they show them preparing it and it's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty in depth for a lot of those dishes. Like it's, it's crazy how much effort they put into just making all that food look good. I think it's up there with like final fantasy 15, as far as like the amount of detail that they put in there. Uh, as far as making the food look good, but I, I honestly think Monster Hunter is, is the best as, as far as like food goes. But yeah, I think that's that's gonna do it. Thanks for writing in Celeste, and and I, I don't know if you you heard or, heard her there, Jeremy, but she did kind of mention this Discord thing. I I don't know if if you know what that is.
0: I have occasionally been on the Discord she speaks of, and in fact, if you go to the description of this podcast and look there, there is a link to our Discord, where you can come hang out with us. We have plenty of stuff to do. We play games as a group. We're doing some Street Fighter VI, for example. We're doing Dark Souls, as I mentioned. Uh, and generally, it's just a fun time. Everyone there seems pretty nice, even me. So it's fun to come hang out there. Uh, but also, if you're looking for it, you could go to our website, Retrovani.net. There's a link to our Discord. There's also a link to anything we're doing on social media or our Twitch channels, from where we do occasionally stream. And also... If you listen to this episode and you're like, I also have a question, and I really want to share it with them, and I can't remember the start of the episode where Jeremy said how to find it, scroll to the bottom of that page. At Retrovania.net, there is a question form you can always write us a question, we'll answer it like we did on this whole episode. And I'm sure by the end of the year, probably right around Christmas time, we'll do a third All Mail episode because we still have apparently a giant barrel. Full of mail. Uh, so next time will not be a mail show. We're going to go back to a regular game. Another patron request, uh, which also reminds me to say, if you like this show and you want more episodes of the show, the best way to find it along with the two, you get a month on the regular feed on our Patreon feed. We have three more episodes that will only ever be on Patreon. The link to that is also at retrovading.net. So if you like the show, that's a quick way to support us, but also get more of the content that you're enjoying. And, and as just as an aside, um,
1: if, if you are and you had not told us yet, please let us know if you're hitting us up on
2: a pocket mail. I, I, I'd love to know it. Yeah, we, you know, we can hold that goddamn thing up there to a phone line and, and get all <laughs> your, your pocket mail questions. It still works. I'll, I'll figure out a way to fucking get, get it there. But yeah, do that. Oh, God, I forgot fucking clucking bell. Give me, give me some good clucking bell. <laughs> <laughs> what is Cluckin' Bell? Cluckin' <laughs> San Andreas. San Andreas. <laughs> oh Jesus! From the food. Like, ah. I always wanted Cluckin' Bell. Like I, I thought that shit looked so good when I was playing back in the day. Like God damn, anytime I was there, just give me some of that fried chicken. God damn it, give me yeah, a foul you, burger. You you gain like fifty pounds every time you leave there. I know. It's just it like that'll be life. good. Yes. <laughs>